0: You are now part of of a social experience. (laughs) Welcome to Mastermind, the show where you learn to develop and master your skill from the best of the best. Yes, your host, Mr. G.
1: Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us today on the journey towards self-mastery. Today's guest is a true master in her field and hall of fame athlete. She grew up playing basketball and volleyball at Freeport High School in Long Island. She was all division, all conference, and all state and a two-time MVP award winner in basketball. She was also able to earn a full scholarship to Virginia Union University in HBCU. As a sophomore, her team won the national championship with a 27 two record. And as a junior, she became an All-American and made it back to the NCAA championship game. She went on to graduate with a master's in physical education at Hofstra University. She has been teaching now physical education for about 16 years she also coaches four different sports at her high school when she's not doing that you can find her at manhattanville college as an adjunct professor and an administrative assistant for the hofstra men's basketball team on top of all of that she played for the new york sharks a professional football women's league the sharks are the winningest women's football program in the world welcome to the program vita how you doing Thank you. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. We might also want to add Vita is not a night person but she loves you guys so much. <laughs> stayed up to do the program.
2: Yes, I, <laughs> I did.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. How you doing? How's everything? I'm
2: well. Thank you. I'm blessed. Good, good to be here with you today.
1: Indeed, indeed. Um your resume is so so impressive, man. Like just the amount of you know things that you've done as an athlete as a professional everything I'm excited thank you (laughs) so how did things get started with you like with with um you know with basketball with sports volleyball did it start you know early on in childhood like how how did you develop everything
2: you know, the funny thing about it is it didn't start early. Um, really? I just happened to be one of those kids, like, back in the days before we had all this technology, we had <laughs> to go outside and play.
1: Oh, those you
2: know, we days. Those days. <laughs> I'm a 60s baby. Oh, so man. you have to, you know, put put your mindset back to when I was a younger child. And um, we weren't allowed to be in the house. You right. know, we got up in the morning, especially mm-hmm. on Saturday mornings, you were allowed to watch a Saturday cartoons. And then you had to go outside. You you did not stay in the house. So we had to pretty much make up our own games. And, you know, we used to take chalk and make hopscotch boy. We took wires and clotheslines and have double dutch ropes. (laughs) And we just, you know, we just played. We ran all day, whether it was tag or red light, green light, one, two, three. But all our games consisted of movement, running, jumping, playing. And so yeah, you know, a lot of kids were very athletic. And kickball was a really big game. You used to have kickball competitions. So mm. we always played, always didn't have the games where you sit down and you are with the Game Boy. And I don't even know, what's <laughs> all that. I You see how old I am, I say Game Boy with the um I what was it i box, what is it?
1: The iPads.
2: The i no not iPads, iPhones,
1: games. iPhones.
2: Yeah, and all we just didn't have all of that. So yeah. We had to play. We had to move. So we just became very athletic. But I did not play any sports. Matter of fact, I didn't play any sports. So I got the tenth grade of high school. What?
1: What? Oh, that's crazy. I did crazy. Not play
2: sports. Um, in sixth grade at Atkinson um, Elementary School, we had a teacher named Mr. Prey, and Mr. Prey was a dance teacher. So I said, you know what? I I, I like to dance. You know, because mm-hmm. we didn't have basketball. Like I said. Um, So I joined the African dance group (laughs) (laughs) at Freeport Elementary School, Atkinson, and I did dance. And I'm like, you know, I was really good at it because I was athletic. Mm -hmm. Once you are athletic, it goes across the board with a lot of um, different talents. So I danced with Mr. Prey, which helped me with my coordination because I was so tall. I I stand 6'2 now.
0: Mm.
2: When I was 10, I was 5'6 already. Wow. So, I was always <laughs> tall. So, you're talking about a 10 year old standing five, six weeks, which is pretty much the like average height for a female. Mm-hmm. And I was very uncomfortable with my height because mm. I was always so much taller than all other kids. I can remember, like in second grade, you take school pictures and you're always standing in the back. Line up, <laughs> you're in the back. This, you're in the back. Pictures, oh, you're man. in the back. And then, if, even if they said your alphabetical order, VW, I was still in the back. So- <laughs> I was so used to always be in the back, mm-hmm. but as a child, I used to try to like, you know, like bend my knees and kind of walk, like kind of slurch down so I won't be so tall. And I guess the, the, the worst part about it was the reaction my height got, you know, some people be like, oh my God, you so tall to be eight, you so tall to be 10. But they uh-huh. made it seem like it was a bad thing. They would—they weren't saying, oh, boy, you're so tall and graceful. But, oh, my God, you're so tall. And, you know, as a child, he's like, am, am, I, am I Something's wrong with me? Hmm. You know, that I'm so tall? Mm-hmm. So that's how I felt. And it was very uncomfortable. And I, it used to really hurt my feelings, you know, being so tall. But dance made me feel... A lot better about my height because the, of the gracefulness so they admire your long legs and your long arms and your gracefulness so it gave me more confidence and mm. so you know and i appreciated my height more as i got older this one lady named barbara she's like oh my god he's so always trying to do splits for some reason <laughs> i was the kind of kid cartwheels and round roundoffs and splits and that's what we did as kids we ran and you know trying to do all these acrobatics and she said to me one day she said boy you have such long legs When you learn how to do that split, it's going to be beautiful. You know, so she, you know, you build up that confidence.
1: That's awesome.
2: And so that's how I ended up being so athletic. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know the game of basketball. Didn't know it. I knew football because I used to go to my brothers. I have all brothers. I'm the only girl. I'm the youngest. And the thing about it is I was taller than my brothers. So (laughs) I'm 6'2". I have a brother who's 5'7", 5'7", 5'8". None of my brothers are over six feet. Except wow. for me. So mm-hmm. that's another thing. Like, oh my God, you know, you're the youngest, you're the only girl, but you're taller than everybody. Mm-hmm. So they were so athletic. My my oldest brother, Tyrell, he used to play football. So you know, they had the little league, the midget football. And <laughs> me and my mom used to go to all the games, stand on the freezing cold on the sidelines and watch football all the time. So I learned to appreciate that sport. Always loved football so I would watch football games and I understood I understood the downs how many downs you need to get to first down and I knew all the rules and all the different positions so I did understand that and then so when I um basketball I loved watching basketball I knew the game Dr. J was a big time person in our neighborhood you know he's from Roosevelt mm-hmm. and so we knew Dr. J and we you know oh, I you was guys friends- knew him
1: personally he came
2: yeah, we knew wow. Dr. J. He had a nephew named Barry and Barry went to Freeport High School. So we got a chance to meet him, you know, he's like, oh, Dr. J, you know, you go to a a, a family function. Oh, Dr. J, you know, so. <laughs> That's
1: awesome.
0: You know,
2: he was like our personal, like, hero. Oh, we know <laughs> Dr. J. And he was, like, as you know, a phenomenal player. So I did watch, I watched uh, basketball and I wanted to play, but I just didn't know how to play. So when I got to middle school, we also we did not have girls' basketball team. We had a boys' basketball team. Right. So of course uh, the fact that I knew how to jump and run and, and flip, I was a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a tall cheerleader because when I got to at 10, I told you I was five, six. By the time I got to 13, I was already six one. Wow. So within that three year Period, I grew all those inches. So when I entered high school, I entered high school at 6'1 and I grew another inch in high school. So a freshman entering high school at 6'1 is pretty tall. Pretty tall. <laughs> so of course, my um coach, the coach of the basketball team came up to me. He said, Um, are you Vita Williams? I said, Yes. He gave me a permission slip, gave me a card, he said, try out so, so-and-so-and-so a day. He said, I, "I'll see you at tryouts." And when he turned his back, I ripped up the paper and threw the garbage. Because <laughs> number one, I don't know how to play basketball. Number two, I got tired of people always saying, "You should play basketball." Oh my God, you're so tall. You should play basketball. I'm like, No, mm-hmm. I'm not playing. I mean, i am shot around the park, but just didn't know the game. Didn't know how to make a layup. Just knew how to shoot the ball around. You know, grab the rebound, the, the basics. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I said, I'm not going to embarrass myself in and play basketball. So I didn't try out my freshman year.
1: Hmm.
0: So
2: my sophomore year, he was my social studies
1: teacher. Wow. <laughs> and his
2: wife was my English teacher. Wow. And, you know, back up, my freshman year, I tried for the Chilean squad, and his wife was a Chilean coach. And, of course, they cut me. He was one of the judges. But <laughs> I was good. I don't care what nobody said. I did all – I hit those landings. I, <laughs> I did good. But he just didn't want me in the Chilean squad because, of course, he wanted me in the um, – From the basketball team Mm -hmm. so when i tried out for basketball only why i tried out is because first of all like i said he was my teacher second of all my friends were all playing Mm
0: -hmm. you know
2: everybody was playing that that was the thing to play basketball basketball okay so i i want to be down with my friends and you know hang out with them after school so i tried out horrible try out the basketball would hit the backboard and go half court. Like I couldn't make a layup. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I could run because I was quick. And you mm-hmm. can tell I was athletic. I could rebound. I'll box you out and rebound in a second. Um, but everything else, I didn't know what a pick and roll was. I didn't know, you know, the basic. I didn't know the rules. So I learned, you know, you know, he put me in the team anyway, because I figured he said, I could teach her. She's athletic. I'll teach mm-hmm. her how to play. So I practiced my layups. They weren't hard to learn. because Once somebody showed me how to do it, I learned how to do my layups. So, you know, I did pretty good. i boxing out, rebounded. And I never forget the first game, my coach – well, Mr. Kite was a varsity coach. Miss Hendrickson was the JV coach. Mm-hmm. So um, after the game, JV game, Mr. Kite came to me and said, how many rebounds did you have? And I'm looking at him like – I don't know what a rebound is. <laughs> I had no clue what he was talking about.
1: Oh man. I'm
2: just looking at him like, uh, uh, "I don't know." You
1: know, but I'm
2: saying it like, "I don't know the stats," of, you know, but I'm like, "I don't know what a rebound is." So, <laughs> that's where I went from there to my the end of my sophomore year.
1: uh uh-huh.
2: Now I am moved to varsity. So I went from not knowing how to make a layup to varsity year, my sophomore year of playing basketball, because I picked up on the game. I picked up on it really quickly. I played in 11th grade. I played in 12th grade and I wanted to go in the Air Force, not the college. But I ended up, um, uh, I was like pretty much like with the different schools, I'm like, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to go to college. I want to go to Air Force. I want to fly planes. That's wow. that's my dream. I wanna, Cause my brothers, <laughs> my both my brothers went in the air force. So
1: oh, like, okay, okay, I, okay, I see. But
2: I like this planes. You know, I just you know whatever they did, I'm right there with them. <laughs> and they're like, no. So the coach from Virginia Union called mm-hmm. one night, and I was at a sports banquet. But my mom picked up the phone, and said, "You know, this coach from Virginia Union. I never heard of Virginia Union." I'm like where's that? No no clue. (laughs) Had never been to the state of Virginia. Go through it to go down south, you know, to South Carolina to see the family. Right. And so I I ended up going to, um, on a visit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, the coach got the, he came to the um, train station because we took the Amtrak down.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And I was like, is this my coach? Because he looked like he was about 80 years old. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? And when I got on campus, again, I was like, what is this? Because if anybody went to Virginia Union, it's a very small school. Mm-hmm. And uh we had pretty much more kids in our high school than the Virginia Union. Wow, really? And I'm looking at this school and it's very, very old. It's built up since then. It's it's really beautiful now. But I'm looking at them like, this is a college. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> went to the gym. I'm like, this is the gym (laughs) my high school gym is better than this we had two gyms it was just crazy (laughs) but what made me really want to go is the people were so friendly i mean everybody was so nice and Mm. you know just encouraging and it it was just it was just a good experience my visit so Mm -hmm. i said okay you know what i'll try this for a year if i don't like it and then the coach told me i would start as a freshman. So that was like, okay, I don't have to sit the bench. Okay. And that, and they were coming off a CIAA championship. Mm. You know? And at that time, the CIAA um, conference consisted of, it was Bowie State, it was Virginia Union, Virginia State, mm-hmm. it was Hampton um Norfolk State a lot of these schools are in the MEAC now or in other conferences but like all the big time Winston-Salem Livingston and those are, are all G HBCUs Smith, right like all the big time HBC. it was a powerful mm-hmm. conference so you know it was no joke so they were kind of coming off a championship So, like, wow, this this is a good team, you know? And when I went (laughs) and I went to the gym to play with them, they was punching my shots into the bleachers. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Because, you know, at Freeport, I was so tall, I was just dominating. You know, I didn't really have to jump out. The only team I had to play hard for was Roosevelt and Hempstead. Those were the teams. Mm -hmm. You know, it was was Westbury, Freeport, Roosevelt, Hempstead. Those were the teams to beat. So, you know, you didn't want to walk up into Hempstead High School playing sorry (laughs) because, you know, people be like, ugh. You know, they talk junk. You know, Hamster, They, they yeah, like Yeah, I mean, they're still smack. like that
1: now. <laughs> so
2: I was like, yo, I can't walk up in here. Yep. And they had all Americans. I mean, they had kids being recruited for division one Ole miss and these big time schools. So wow. if I had to play, I had to play at that game. I was grabbing 25 rebounds. I was hitting 25. Wow. I was like, we may lose a game, but I'm gonna come, I'm gonna play my best. I'm gonna give it 110%. And you know what? I'm gonna get my name out there because you know people will recognize you if you're a good player. Mm-hmm. And you know, not just people, but you will get that respect. You know, back in the day it's all about that respect. And yep. I got that respect. So that's how I got into basketball.
1: Man, that that is fascinating, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> oftentimes you hear like you know like tenth grade, eleventh grade, like that is way too late. You can't that's start late. playing back. You got to learn the rules. You got to learn the positions. You got to yes. learn how to dribble, how to shoot, how to pass. Like I'm gonna teach you that in ten. You know, I've heard that so many times, and that is fascinating. I think a lot, you know, a lot, a lot to do with that for you was being active already and doing so many yes. different things. Yeah. You know? I can't even imagine that happening right now. Like somebody starting, you know, basketball like
0: <laughs> in
1: 10th grade and doing <laughs> how like just doing the things that you were able to do. That, that is amazing, man.
2: Yeah. And you know, like I said, <laughs> dance had contributed to it a lot. Cause I danced up to like maybe eighth grade. I had to stop dancing to play basketball. So 10th grade, I stopped dancing. But as far as coordination timing, dance really helped me with that. Mm. as far as my flexibility and everything that's why fitness is so important because that will help you across the board not just to play sports but in anything
1: Mm. your
2: personal growth yeah
1: so what was that like all you like were you like training in the summertime on your own like or was that like mostly the coach like getting you to really get a hang of the game of basketball like just gotta
2: keep playing
0: you just kept you just playing all, all, all year long. You just
2: got to keep, I, you know, I didn't play all year long. because I don't remember, I don't recall playing in the summer. I would sometimes, wow. you know, go to Centennial Park and, you know, just shoot around and stuff. But it was mostly playing with my teammates because they would say, you know, you need to get in the gym. I'm like, it's not basketball season. Because they were <laughs> like, these girls were from D.C. You know, they they was coming from state championship. They were like balling. And I was like, I'm not playing now. Uh, wow. I went to basketball season. I wouldn't go to the gym <laughs> to the first day of practice, you know, and I wouldn't, I wasn't, we weren't, lift, I didn't lift weights. We weren't doing the things they do right now, like lift weights, have um athletic trainers. We didn't have none of that. Lift weights. We didn't lift weights. <laughs> we didn't Man, have is, athletic trainers. We didn't have stuff like that. But that, I think most of my, like I said, was through dance mm-hmm. and the fact that I was always moving. That was really important. And, I just was, you know, I just had that talent, you know, I just had that eye for the game. Like, you know, I tell kids now, like, I was one of the highest rebounders in the country. Wow! And from that, it was just studying the game, like looking, I say, okay, she's shooting from her right. So I need to go to my left to get the rebound, just figuring out. And Dennis Rodman was uh, amazing at this. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly what it set his body to yep. get the rebound and that's exactly how i play i knew where to get my body position my body to where i think the ball is going to bounce off that rim and so uh-huh. i didn't i didn't follow the ball as far as the player i followed where the player body is on the court mm. and so you, you basketball is not just about being talented it's about being smart and mm-hmm. If you're smart and you know the game it makes it a lot easier to play
1: yeah, a lot of players don't know that, man. That that is definitely yeah. a good trick to the trade right there, like, you know, the body and just understanding where the ball is going to fall, you know. It makes you work, you know, you are working smarter, not harder, you know.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's, that's,
1: that's definitely good, man. Um so just like like you just said with 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 uh with Virginia, it was kind of like, you know, the, the uh, facilities weren't that great and you're like, this is it, it. But I guess like, you know, that experience going to an HBCU, maybe that was something that, that, that was kind of a different experience as opposed to just an, another type of college. So was being like, once you got there, like that environment being in an HBCU, was that, you know, something that was, you know, good for you or that helped yeah, you develop?
2: It, yeah, you know what? People feel to realize, I mean, we're going back into when I I, I entered high school in 1977,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and people feel to realize Freeport High School was predominantly white school. You know, mm-hmm. it's not the Freeport High School of today. Mm-hmm. So I did not go to a school that was predominantly black. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things that we studied at, at, you know, in a Freeport school district was not about African-American studies.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: For example, the one thing I was kind of embarrassed about and I, and I, and I kind of angered about, I never forget being in class, and I, I probably never told this story before. I remember being in class and uh-huh. they started talking about Eli Whitney. Uh. And I knew Eli Whitney invented the cotton gin because that's something we learned in school. Right. But I never knew Eli Whitney was a black man. Wow. Never knew. How'd that how that like not get mentioned? Because that's you crazy. are taught, you are taught things. But you're not. They, they didn't put a handle on that this great man was a black man. So so everybody you learned about in the in the books, you just assumed they were white. Wow. You know, think about it. Everything you like Benjamin Franklin and, and George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, you learned yeah. about all these people, but the only people, only person you knew that was black was Martin Luther King. Hmm. But you did not know that. A lot of these inventors, they may say their name, but they didn't stress that it was a Black man because you are always studying about white leaders and your book is, the pictures in your in your books are always white people. You just assume that everybody who's a hero was a white person. Wow. So That's... when I got to the HBCU, you know, I'm like, and I, I was too embarrassed to let people know that I know that Eli Whitney, he was black. And I'm sitting there looking around in the class like, he's black? You know, not saying anything. Mm-hmm. And so we were, in, you know, at, at the HBCU, I was introduced to a lot of my culture as far as things that we did. And even Virginia Union University, that's built up of three different colleges, which started in a, like a jailhouse.
1: Wow. And, know you
2: know, H, yeah, that's why it's Virginia Union. is three colleges combined mm. together. And so it's very historic,
0: mm-hmm.
2: very historic place. And when we had we had chapel. so on Thursdays, we didn't have classes between ten and eleven o'clock. So mm-hmm. we had to get chapel credits to graduate. Chapel was like a church service. So we would go to Henderson Center and we would have chapel, and we would have Jesse Jackson come in and wow. you know and Bernie's King. And we had all these big time people and or the or children of these big time heroes mm-hmm. come and preach to us and talk to us. And you had the choir singing and you had the history and it was just mind blowing, you know? And this is another reason why I just absolutely love HBCUs. And then you had all these kids from all over the world who were just, just like talented, intelligent people. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just a great, it's a great feeling. And then these athletes, athletes at Virginia Union could have easily gone to D1. I could have easily gone D1. Charles uh-huh. Oakley you definitely could have easily gone to D1. Jamie Waller, other people, AJ English, Terry Davis, all these NBA players who went to the NBA. We could have all easily went in football. Forget it. We had the, the best, best football team. That football team was phenomenal. And a lot of those guys went to the NFL.
1: Wow. So Charles Oakley went to um, Virginia?
2: Yeah, that's how I met Charles.
0: Charles. Charles
2: oh, okay, okay. Oakley, Ben Wallace, they're all Virginia Union graduates.
0: Wow. So
2: when I walked into Virginia Union, Charles walked in the same year. We're both, we're both 17-year-old freshmen. He came from Cleveland. I'm from New York. So we came into school at the same exact time. That's wow. how I know Charles. You know, and I it's so funny because Bob Huggins, who is the head coach at um West Virginia. Mm-hmm. the great Bob Huggins said when he was coaching that he told me this story. I went to, I went, one of my friends is associate head coach at West Virginia. And I went to visit and I'm talking mm-hmm. to Bob Huggins. He said, yeah, that he's telling me a story about that Charles Oakley. We were trying to recruit him to come to Cincinnati. But he just didn't get it. He just didn't get it. And he said, I was trying to get, to, I was trying to tell him, you know, the facilities are great. And at that time, you remember, oh, you probably don't cause you're young, but at that time, um, yeah. Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati went to the Final Four. And mm-hmm. that's they had the Fab Five from Michigan, that whole story about the Fab Five, Yeah, I know that I know Chris Webb and all of them, they beat that team mm-hmm. to go to the championship. So Cincinnati had a good team, mm-hmm. you know. So to, for, for Charles to turn down that scholarship, that he didn't he couldn't grasp why. But if and just like Ben Wallace is another one, but mm-hmm. if you grasp onto why. It was. It's important for us to to strengthen HBCUs. That we have talent too, and a lot of people from like you got to understand too. A lot of people from uh, who went to HBCUs didn't have the GPA sometimes to make it into those predominantly white colleges and institutions. So HBU schools gave them a chance. Mm-hmm. So everybody don't do well in high school. That's true. Which, but I, the grades I had in high school was okay, but the grades I had in college were excellent. So, because mm. they gave me the the, the, the tools, and yep. the ammunition, and you know, the you know, help me with determination to do better in college. I had my high school guidance counselor told me, and my friend Perry told mm-hmm. us both we would never get into college.
0: And this is my wow. this is my
2: guidance counselor, somebody who's guiding me, Mrs. Now Wayne. What? Mrs. Ruth Wayne, she's probably, she's probably dead by now. But she sat and told me in my face that I would never get into a college. Me and Perry, my friend. And Perry was President Clinton's right-hand man when he was in office. Wow. And, and so we look at each other now like, hey, your college dropout. You know, we, we'll, we'll laugh at it now. But how many kids did she tell that to and they believed her?
1: That's crazy.
2: Because when I got my acceptance letter to Virginia Union and I got my contract, I signed the contract to go to college, you know, to play basketball.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: when I signed my contract, I gave it to my coach. And, and Miss Wayne was like, oh, that's that's probably fake. You know, she's just blowing me up. Mr. Kite took it and went to our office. And I don't know what he said, but he handled it. But that's a slap in the face. And you believe that. Yeah. as an adult telling me guys not good enough. And you kind of believe it. In -hmm. in my mind, I said, okay, you know what? I'm not as smart as these other kids probably are. So, you know, I'll go to college for four years and I'll play basketball. If I don't graduate, then I'll just do something else. Because still in my mind, going to college, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to leave dinner with a degree. And after my first year, I was like, hey, my report card is pretty good. But it took me a long time to have that confidence in myself to believe that I can leave these Browns and you know and leave these um this place with a with a degree and it's, and that's really sad
1: it is really it is sad. and the sad part about it too is still happening it's still you know, happening. There's still people in these school buildings telling these kids they they can't you know as and kids for for somebody like you who's an um, amazing basketball athlete in the school and you said your grades were pretty good like, what on earth would make you think that this this kid is not deserving of a college degree? Because you know? they didn't
2: start off good. That's why. <laughs> my grades <laughs> didn't start off good. I struggled my freshman year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like, literally failed science, social studies, and math. Three core classes my freshman year. So I had to go to summer school. But mm-hmm. after going to summer school that one year, I never went back. You know, and think about it. Playing basketball. I knew that I had to have good grades to stay on the team. Yep, so yep. That, that was another you know, incentive for me to buckle down. No, I got to know the work. No, I got to know it. And buckle mm-hmm. down and do the work. Do the work. That's why sports is so important too in, in schools. Sports is a really important tool for a lot of kids to persevere. And, you know, and just to give them just just give them a place to be a a state of mind. You have teachers coaching. So they're telling you your grades are important. They make them make sure you go to class. They make Mm -hmm. sure you're doing because if you don't do something, if I did something at Freeport High School, the first person they went to was my coach. They didn't call my mom. they, (laughs) They went to my coach and he yelled and screamed and yelled and screamed. We just took that. Just took that tongue lashing, and we just kept it moving. <laughs> like it is
0: what it is.
1: And um, and just like you said, like with the uh, with the uh, school system, and just being in there, like you don't see yourself, you don't hear about yourself, and you know that could be debilitating, man. And yes. when you are an athlete and you're a good athlete, that kind of creates some kind of confidence, you know, that you don't yes. get from being in the classroom.
2: That's right. Yeah. That's right. But you have to be a, a well-rounded person. And I didn't learn that till late. And, you know, like when I got to um, Virginia Union, I learned that very late. The friendships that I formed at that school, uh, people are my best friends right now. Even though Charles Oakley is a big time basketball player, even though he can't dance. Sorry, sorry, Charles.
1: <laughs> oh, man. My friend
2: tried hard with Dancing with the Stars. I was rooting for him, but uh,
1: <laughs> I got to look at that. That's that's. Funny. Oh, yeah.
2: No, he he did good. Let me start talking about my. Brother. He did good. I was cheering him on. Mm-hmm. Little stiff, a little stiff, <laughs> but he tried. But the thing about it is, you know, some you know, you go into these, you know, he's he's an NBA player, a former NBA player, all-star. You know, he has his businesses, he has mm-hmm. all of this, but Charles will still come back at homecoming. He'll he'll set up a tent. That's and, You awesome. know, I, I don't know if you know Charles is a cook. He he got cookbooks. I didn't he's know a, that. Wow, okay. Excellent cook. Matter of fact, uh, one of my players who played for um, pastra when he played for Toronto Raptors, Charles was on Toronto Raptors with him, and he would say he's a cook for us. He's like invite us over his house he just make these big meals. So he said he's been on Wendy Williams show with his cookbooks and you know That's he's. Awesome. he's, a, he's a, excellent cook. So he would set up <laughs> these big tents and, and he'll have all his food. And this other guy used to play in the football team. He's in he's playing the NFL for a little while, Tampa Bay. So he's mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay now. I mean, um, Tampa, Florida. And he has a restaurant in West Virginia. So he'll bring his big grills. He'll pack up on his truck and bring his big grills. And he has the ribs roasted and Charles make all the other food and the salads and stuff. And they'll have a big, you know, tailgating At Virginia Union was kind of nice in Charles Oakley's tent. And, you know, (laughs) he he just feed people. He'll collect maybe $5 or whatever the price is, and he'll take that money and give it to the basketball program. So even big time, he doesn't think he's too big that he can't come back to his alma mater and do things for people and do things for, um, you know, the campus and man, he, that is he,
1: awesome man and he'll Definitely ring my doorbell like be
2: like hi i'm like hi charles you know <laughs> neighbors run across the street charles Oakley! you know but he still come by come say hi to my mom and you know he he will always be a friend and most of the friends i made at virginia union are still my friends today and they'll That's send awesome. their kids to my house to come visit me and they would be like hi auntie <laughs> we are all so so very close after all these years 30 years plus we're still very close
1: man maybe maybe one day we'll have charles on the program that would be yes. nice <laughs> yes. but that you, you know what 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 made me upset um was when he had that whole incident that happened with the knicks man yes. like after all of that you know that he put in with the knicks and just being an awesome nba player great guy Like he definitely didn't deserve that type of treatment man
2: you know but people have to realize that treatment is coming from the, the son not the father who charles mm. was more you know comfortable and familiar with the father and unfortunately the um Joe, mr dolan has a problem it, it's it's very much you know but this is going to show you after people finish with you mm-hmm. do not be bothered with you exactly and same thing with athletes they go to school for four years and if you don't come out with that degree they don't have anything to say to you. They, they're yep. finished. They can't use you anymore. That's why they had the discussion on whether athletes should get paid. Mm-hmm. That was a great discussion because that happens. I can remember, you know, players in my class, my math class. They sitting there, and we're doing work, and I'm busting my butt, busting my butt to do my work. And they sitting there, putting their name on the paper. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pass anyway because I'm an athlete. But you don't understand that once those four years are over and you don't pass and you don't pass that that exit exam, you're not graduating. Hmm. You know, I had my coach pull me out, tried to try, keyword is try to pull me out of class. Wow. Uh, no, practice is at eight o'clock. I'll see you at eight o'clock. You're <laughs> not pulling me out of my class.
1: And the, the and stats show, too, like there's such a high number of scholarship athletes that don't graduate, you know. So they sad. set up
2: their classes for you. You go around their schedule. Unfortunately, and a lot of them don't have the majors they want to have. Mm-hmm um But you know, like Mike, Mike, the coach who recruited me, like I said, he was an older gentleman. And when he, uh, I think I was the last person to have to ever sign a contract per se at Virginia Union because mm-hmm. now you go for year to year. If you don't do well, they can easily snap. You know, say, okay, next year you're not coming back. But he said, uh, and I quote, and I love him to this day. He said, he said, you know, I'm an old man. I'm going to have you sign this contract because if something happens to me, you are going to be covered for four years, regardless of what happens. That's great. And that's only by the grace of God, because my freshman year during our championship game, he had a massive heart attack and died on the bench wow. at Norfolk Scope.
1: Wow, that's crazy. I will
2: never forget. It was thousands of people in the arena, and we were losing the game. We were losing against Norfolk State University. And that's the team that we split the season with.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
2: one of our one of our two losses. We had split the season with them. It was a tough game. We we playing, we coming at them, they coming at us. So they were winning halftime. My coach, you know, usually he'll yell and stuff, you know. But this day in, in particular, he didn't yell. He said, ladies, I know you can do this. You got it. You can win this game. And we got in the huddle. One, two, three, defense. Got out on the floor. Bands are playing. You know, HBCU. Bands are boom, yep. boom, boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And everybody yelling. The cheerleaders are cheering. And, and, and everybody's yelling and screaming. And it's like the, it's like playing at Nassau Coliseum. The mm-hmm. Packed to the Raptors. Sold out. Everybody's there. Come back on the floor. And we started balling. And we went ahead. We went ahead by like three or four points. Then everybody just stopped playing. I'm like, why what, what I said? Yeah, you know, cheer like yeah. We just made be the best. of so running back to play defense, uh-huh. and I and, and one of my um, one of my play uh, players, my teammates. He said, "Oh my god, coach!" And I'm like, "Coach!" And I looked at the bench, and he's he's like sitting back in his chair, and his eyes are rolling back in his head, and I'm like, "What is going on?" And people just started grabbing us off the court. They just grabbed us and ran off the court, and we're like, "What is going on?" And, and we sitting there, we just sitting there. We had no assistant coach. He was our only coach. Wow. We had no assistant coach. <laughs> and this man is like famous because he like coached a lot of football players. He coached Arthur Ashe. He's responsible for Arthur, Arthur Ashe.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> He's responsible for Arthur Ashe being so good. And he was just like a legend. He did mostly football, but he wanted to coach the women's basketball team. And he was like a legend. His name was Tom Harris. We used to call him Tricky
1: Tom. And Arthur Ash was a tennis player.
2: Yeah. He played <laughs> every sport. He played tennis. He coached football. He wow. coached basketball. He was an amazing coach. And he was a legend. So he um so we got back in the locker room and it was like, you know, we was like like don't feel like, what's going on? You know, we we're upset. And they said somebody came in and he was like, I can't remember who it was, but he said, you know what, ladies, you can cancel the game right now. You'll be co-champions or you can continue playing, but you just need a coach on the bench because we didn't have any existing coaches. <laughs> That's crazy, right? It's just it crazy to think about much. since you got like five and six coaches now. Wow. And we was like... We knew the plays, we knew, you know, we could pretty much run first this. off
1: it's it's crazy they tried to finish this game. Like what
2: <laughs> well they said we didn't have to. They was giving oh, us okay. option. No, we were like, no, nah, we playing. Because we <laughs> we hated Norfolk State. They were our rivals and they talked so much junk. And we was like, nah, no, nah, because they were telling us we didn't know the coach was that he had died. They mm-hmm. just tell them. they take him, they took him to the hospital at half after the game, we could go visit him. So in our minds, it's like, okay, oh, you know okay, let's win okay. this game for coach, and then we'll mm-hmm. go to the hospital and we'll go tell him, Coach, we won the game. So let's just do this. <laughs> so we went back out there and played. Uh, I think the, the football coach sat on the bench because we needed a coach, and the sports information director sat on the bench. So mm-hmm. we just called our own plays, timeouts, subs. We were that close that we can do that, wow. and without worrying about oh well, I didn't get in the game. We didn't care. We were good like that. So we pretty much knew the ro- the routine with the mm-hmm. call, with the play, and we went into overtime. The game went wow. to overtime, and we won in overtime.
1: That's amazing. That That's my amazing.
2: freshman year, and so I don't. I never forget. I never forget the. um we went right back to the locker room, took our showers, like, we're going to go. And they came in, the announcement came on. Coach mm-hmm. Harris has passed. And I'll never, if, like, somebody took a knife and just stabbed right through my chest, I'll never forget that day. Wow. And we just started crying. And, you know, and, and, and people was coming up to us like, oh, my gosh, y'all, I'm so sorry. And, and Norfolk State coach, this is the meanest thing ever. He said, oh, your coach, you know, oh, your coach died like that. You know, oh, your coach wow. died. I think he had told us before the announcement came on.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
2: he had saying, oh, your coach died. Like that. Like, aha, uh-huh. your coach died. That's crazy. You won, but your coach died. You know, one of those kind of things. Hmm. But sports is, sports is no joke. People take sports like.
1: Seriously, <laughs> it's, like it's like. It's no
2: joke. <laughs> it's no joke people will like like literally take a hammer him and to still be you.
1: salty after that it's like
2: salty wow. <laughs> you're still mad you're still mad because we won the game really and so crazy but you know one good thing about it is um my my um my best 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 friend right now he's a, a guy and he was um in the fraternity mega sci-fi fraternity incorporated mm-hmm. and he he came down. We used to have like 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 sweetheart organizations. Like like he had like Q pearls for the for the mega sci fi. You had Kappa Di- you know Kappa diamonds, Alpha angels. You know, so <laughs> I was a I was a Q pearl. So I had on my little Q pearl shirt. So he uh-huh. came down and he said and he came to me. He said, "Sis, I'm sorry, you know." And and I never forget. He gave me a hug and he's like. If anything I can do, you know, to help you, you know, I'm here for you. And he, I never saw the guy, never met him. But the fact that he was, a, tra- you know, he came to me because I had a part of this organization that I had that on that he felt that he should come to me and comfort me in my time of distress, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I always admired that. So that's, I guess, carrying me on to, you know, being in a sorority. You know that brotherhood, that sisterhood, mm-hmm. and to this day he's my best friend. He's Turk. Oh, wow. He's my he's my best friend. I'm his kid's <laughs> godmother. Um, his wife, a lover. You know, and so it, it's just funny how things work in life. Everything has its seasons, but we end up winning the championship. We end up winning. That's in amazing, man. Norfolk State, but. <laughs> beating their little butts but we had a pretty good team we had a good team to be division two because people that's another thing people are like why are you going division two la, 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 la. but because first of all i don't want to sit the bench that's number one i mm. won three championships in division two you know i made some great friends and we used to beat division one two, Um schools we played uva wow. we, 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 went to, we went to uva ralph sampson i don't know if you know who he is but he's a player back in the days Sitting, mm-hmm. you know google him you'll see who he is he's
1: a big time player <laughs> I, like I heard his name before i gotta check him out. in the
2: stands you know we, we we balling with them we didn't back down from nobody we don't mm-hmm. care what division you were we don't care university of dayton we beat them to go to the um final four you know we were balling we were <laughs> ballers we didn't care you know so
1: that's amazing what, what position did you play by the way
2: I played forward and center, but mostly center. And I was a short center because I played against girls six six. The tallest girl was about six. She's about six seven. I think wow. that was the tallest girl I played.
1: I'm still getting six, them seven. rebounds.
2: She's like, <laughs> like six seven. One was six six five. One was like six four. And they were huge. It's like it's like the, the guard was my height. Wow. I'm like, and when they came to the kid, it was like like the monsters. <laughs> they were like boom, 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 like the like the ground was shaking. I was like, oh my God. But we we were quick. Uh-huh. We hardly ever ran plays. We we won on fast breaks. Our team was so fast, it was like we outlet, out the go, we mm-hmm. outlet, out the sprint, and we just ran teams to death. Cause we played University of Dayton, we played them. They were beating us by like eighteen points at halftime, and we beat them by eighteen. I said, guys, stop throwing the ball in the, in the key, It ain't working. We got a bunch of we got a bunch of trees up in the key. You guys <laughs> gotta take the shots. You gotta drive. We gotta get them in foul trouble. And that's, said, you know, my point guard was like, come on guys, let's go. And we came out there, we ran them death, and we beat them to, 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 to advance to the final four.
1: Wow. So See, that's that thinking part, you know. It's
2: that thinking part because you gotta be understand something. I said my coach died. The coach the next year was the sports information director, took his spot, who didn't know basketball like we knew basketball. Wow. And one of the former players was assistant coach. So we pretty much coached ourselves our sophomore year and won a national championship. That
1: is amazing, man. That, that's an incredible coached,
2: story. Yeah. We did. We, called, we, we did our own plays. And the thing about it, that, next year, Norfolk State beat us in the conference championship, but we knocked them out to go to the national championship. Mm. So we were ranked 15. You know the rankings you do when you mm-hmm. sit back and they tease a rank for the um, the seeds. Yep. We were ranked 15 the year wow. we won the national championship. 15. Team. That's crazy. <laughs> so, can you imagine now with NCAA Division One men's basketball? When you're ranked 15 and you beat the number one team in the championship, mm-hmm. that's the kind. That's that's how it was. We beat the defending champions, number one in the country. Bunch of girls from California. They had the pants before they were out. You know the pants with the snaps. You just snap, pull them, and they snap off. They, <laughs> they had those. We had our little. <laughs> we had our little polyester stretch pants with the seam going down in the front
0: oh, with, our, with our
2: collar rolling up with the little limb balls he's picking off you know we they had their names in the back of their jerseys they had all this stuff we had our, our numbers in the back of our jerseys <laughs> we didn't have our names <laughs> we we would like pick glass to, we wasn't even supposed to be there
1: that's crazy and you know like now it's kind of like the it's kind of similar now like with the uh, HBCUs versus mm-hmm. the uh, you know the quote unquote recognized colleges mm-hmm. and a lot of people you know are are debating now like you know should black athletes you know go back to the HBCUs you have um what's his name uh Macro maker like he went to Howard he's going to Howard and uh Howard Howard was like you know, they they were like, what, 4-29 and 29 last year?
2: They haven't been good for years, <laughs> for years. And he,
1: he still went there, you know, and he's a top recruit. And a lot of people are saying now that, you know, this is going to bring back exactly what you were talking about, that culture of high-level, you know, athletes that are good enough for the NBA to go to these HBCUs again. So do you see that, like, kind of happening from from? from I that? sure
2: do hope so. I sure do hope so. Because yes, they have more things than we have, um, but HBO's has up their, HBCUs have stepped up their game as far as their facilities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Virginia Union is a private school; we don't get state funding, so most of our money is coming from alumni. So that's that's number one. Places like Virginia State, Norfolk State, Hampton. i think Hampton has branched off to the south, which I was kind of—I ah, didn't feel too, you know, you know what? It's—they it's got to make their money. Because everything, unfortunately, is about money. So they went to where they can get more money. And which I don't necessarily agree with sometimes. Sometimes you just got to stick in there and just try to, you know, embrace your culture more than try to go towards money. Mm. But unfortunately, some people sell out. I I call it, that's my opinion, Vita Williams' opinion only. (laughs) I don't think you should sell out for money. And I think they sold out. They took a culture and they ran with it. And it's a couple other I think it's another school, I think North Carolina ANT, I think they're leaving the um MIAC and going to the South Conference also. Hmm. But unfortunately, they gotta do what they have to do. It's the president's um choice, but it's just so much HBCU pride. Just this January, before this pandemic broke out, thank you, God, we got a chance to um go to the CIAA tournament. I mean, it's packed. I don't know if you ever heard of the CIAA tournament. It's like everybody... Yeah, with, with
1: the, all the HBCUs. Yes,
2: I think everybody named <laughs> Mama is there. They have all these shows. It's, it's, it's just such a huge, huge, huge event. Man, I would like here. to go
1: to one at some point.
2: Yeah, you have to go. You have to go. <laughs> and they have so many different affairs, and they have, like... I miss CIAA and they, I mean, it's, it's just bananas. Mm. Um, we stayed at, the, we stayed at the Western hotel and I couldn't even get in the front door. It's like so many people in the lobby and people are just partying. You have all these different DJs coming down here. Biz Markie spinning that one party, Kid Capri spinning that one. It just, nice. it's just bananas. <laughs> but my team was inducted into the CIAA Hall of Fame Man. in January. So that was so fun that was a lot of fun. Just seeing women that I have not seen in 30 years. Some of these girls I haven't seen. I got out of school in 1985. So some of these girls I haven't seen, women I haven't seen since, like literally some of them graduated maybe two years before me. So I haven't seen them since then. I you know, it. so it was just so good. to, it, And it's like, we never left. The same thing we was doing, talking about in college, we were bouncing it back <laughs> again. It's just so, it, it, it's just so inspirational. It, it just, it was just overwhelming. You know, just to see the black pride of black culture, these educated people where mm-hmm. we can have events and we don't have to fight and yep. act up and just, you know, just enjoy each other, embrace each other's cultures and, and just have fun. But HBCUs, has a, uh, HBCUs have a lot of foreigners at the schools now. So you will see a lot of um, white people walking to campus now mm. because they know that they can go to these schools and still get a great education. Hmm. Because we're at these schools because they didn't allow us to go to their schools, so we had to have our own schools. So now you have these—you these, have these white people on the on the volleyball team for overseas, and the in the in the basketball teams, and the football teams. And they get—I went to see my nephew play. He had a he got a baseball scholarship at Norfolk State University. It may have been three black kids on the whole team. The whole really? team was white. I walk up to the stand. I'm like, where the black people? <laughs> it was like, you know, a team full of white kids. Wow.
0: Because
2: <laughs> they're getting a great education at an HBCU. So we're people, too. And Black people could go to a predominantly white school and be okay. A white person should be okay going to a predominantly Black school. Do you think you know?
1: that Do you think that might change the dynamics of an HBCU, though? Like, if we're, like, let's say 50-50 white and then the rest, you know, Black or um, whatever else. But we'll
2: always have our culture. Nobody can take our culture away from us. Hmm. Nobody, but we have to keep, some, first of all, a lot of, I, you know what, this, this, these, these kids, these eight this millennium, like those millenniums they call them, <laughs> these kids are not about color. They're just about doing what's right. And that's why the protests, you look at these protests, you have mostly young white kids out there protesting. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they're not about all that racism and, you know, they, they're arguing with their parents about, oh, come on, mom, come on, dad, you know, that you, you need to stop all of that. You know, they're fighting for us. They're voting, you know, in our favor. They Mm. holding the signs Black Lives Matter, you know, they're marching up and down the street. So, you know, it's, you know, you can still have HBCU pride. You know, that pride would never go away. Do I think it'll change over? Not really. But then again, <laughs> sometimes you have a lot of black kids. It's like I went to a black somebody at Union Dale said one of my kids at Union Dale said that. I mean I went to an H I went to an, um all black school. I I want I don't want to go to all black college. You know, really?
0: Because
2: mm. I embrace my people regardless of where where I am or what it is. I try to embrace my people as much as possible. And it's important for us to put our monies back into our HBCUs. Mm-hmm. especially private schools like mine because we don't get funding from the state so we keep the school running we keep it moving we keep it going so we have to have that pride in our schools that's why people from hb are so prideful you see it's like you know even yeah. yep. like kamala harris <laughs> they like h-u the real h-u and you know hampton they go back <laughs> and forth people have so much pride Mm. They have so much pride in these places and you you just got to do You guys got to do the history, man. You have people walk these halls and walk these grounds like, you know, part of our alma mater, these hollow grounds and dear old walls. May they forever be their union. We still love thee. We have to love where we came from where our roots are from, you know, we, yeah, we went to these HBCUs and, you know, look at all the doctors and the, and the lawyers and the politics that came out of these schools. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, the funniest story is when this guy, <laughs> I went to college with William Dillon. He was one of the greatest football players to come out of the state of Michigan.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: he wanted to go to University of Michigan, but Dillon didn't have the grades. He didn't have the grades. Mm-hmm.
0: And
2: the Coach, the head coach, I forgot who the coach was. They was telling the whole story. But the head coach was like, was like a really famous coach at the time. Mm-hmm. And he, he walks into the school, Dylan school. They's like, oh, my God, the coach is from Michigan, University of Michigan. Oh, he's here. He's at the school. <laughs> and he walked in and he saw Dylan's grades. And he walked right back out. Wow! he was <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me. So he ended up going to Virginia Union because, you know, we, we'll take it in. Uh We'll take you in. You may not graduate, but we'll take you in because you still got to do the work once you get there. We may give you a chance, but you better break your neck and work and get the grades because you won't leave. You'll get in there, (laughs) but you won't leave unless you're qualified and you are ready to leave. We're not just going to pass you. Mm -hmm. We'll let you come in and give you a chance, but you better do the work to get out. Yeah, But that oh, was the funniest man. story. Unfortunately, he passed away not too long ago. So oh, really? of cancer, he, had, he passed away with cancer. Mm. But the guy at the funeral telling the story and we were cracking up. I mean, the whole place was like, it was, it was just the funniest story. Mm-hmm. But it's just a good example how HBCUs will give you a chance. You know, yeah, to, to make, make something of yourself. And a lot mm-hmm. of us, you know, we may not, like I said, we may not do good in high school. When we leave there, we are prepared for life
1: so true so true well said well said um so when when like throughout this whole madness you're playing basketball you're in the sorority doing all this type of stuff like the educational aspect like when when did you realize that you wanted to do teaching
2: well first of all I did not pledge my sorority in at Virginia Union I was playing basketball okay I pledged after we have graduate chapters so I mm-hmm. into uh, my sorority till after. Um, But I I didn't become a teacher until 2004. I don't know if you realize that. Mm. (laughs) I wasn't a teacher. Teaching was like my third career. So I was nowhere near teaching. I used to substitute teach because um, the job I had, I would work um, certain hours. But I did therapeutic work with people with disabilities.
1: Ah, okay. okay. So
2: I was uh, um, what was called a therapeutic recreational specialist. Mm-hmm. where I went into a developmental center and I would work with clients on a fine motor, and they, they uh, fine motor, gross motor, socialization skills, um, finger dexterity things mm-hmm. of that nature a lot of them were non-ambulatory some were non-verbal so I did that for 17 years
1: oh okay I didn't know that I didn't know
2: 17 years and Uniondale only knew me because I was sub sometimes at Uniondale
1: okay
0: but that
2: was my job for 17 years and I was the training director for the special olympics uh, mm. queens chapter of the special olympics so we would coach them in ba- basketball poly hockey track and field i would go to state games with them and we would that's do like awesome. you know, so i i did that for 17 years so i was really into uh people with disabilities you know so those are mm-hmm. my babies and that's you know <laughs> i just spent a lot of time with them and so that's where i i did a an internship at virginia union with people, kids with special needs. That's what made me want to oh, go into okay. that field. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. when I did my internship and the kids had um, all kinds of disabilities, you know, and you know down syndrome and they had um, spina bifida and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So that's mm-hmm. where I say, okay, you know what? I love these kids because they are just so lovable. And mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. that's why I got into that field when I graduated from college.
1: And you have such a great personality for that kind of work too, man. The kids need that. It's tough,
2: but I love it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So after that is when you decided that you wanted to- to, Well, um... I was
2: always subbing, like I said. Mm And I said, you know what? I I just like doing athletic things. I don't want to sit behind a desk. I just, I got to be moving. Anything Mm -hmm. I do, I got to just be moving. So um, that's what I wanted to do. Teaching, you know, phys ed. And wow. I just, like I said, I, just, uh, I said, let me, go, let me go back to school. So I, I went back to school, not till I was like 36 for my master's. I was older. That's and I okay. Up, and I, I know, right? Because <laughs> I love what I was doing. So I was like, why well, go back to school, spend money on the master's. And exactly. I,
0: exactly. And
2: I love what I do. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is back to basketball. I went to Queens College and figured out their programs, same kind of physical education program they had. And, you know, of course, the price of um colleges is like, cha-ching.
0: Mm-hmm. And I have never
2: paid for college because I had a four-year basketball scholarship.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so um, when I went to work at, you know, I was working, though, know, I was like, you know, I need a summer job. So I started working like a summer job. And Mr. Diana, we will all do basketball at um, Hofstra in right. the summertime. So Mr. Um, Diana said, okay, you know, Coach Jay Wright. Jay Wright went to Mr. Diana who was a coach at Hofstra University at the time. Now he's the head coach at Villanova,
0: mm-hmm. coach
2: of the decade. He said, you know, he wanted us to start They had built the arena at Hofstra. They had just built the arena. And he said, we wanted hmm. to do a basketball program there. So instead of doing the basketball program through Hofstra, he wanted to be the Jay Wright basketball camp, which most college coaches have their own camps. Mm-hmm. So I went to work that camp. And just for the kids out there, you never know who's watching you. Always That's give true. 100% because you never know who's watching you. So when we were doing basketball camp, I had the kids because, you know, I had the patience for the babies. Mm-hmm. So my kids were like, I think I had the, I think it was between six to nine-year-olds. I had the real little ones. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, I'm very organized. Like, you know, they just call me a drill sergeant. <laughs> like, drill sergeant. I'm very organized. <laughs> Do this, do that, do that, do that. So I had like 24 kids and it was like me and maybe two other co- two other younger kids, you know, teens working with me. Mm-hmm. So I just, I had them kids in check, boom, 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 <laughs> had them in check. So we were at, at lunch, we had lunch and mm-hmm. Jay Wright happened to be, you know, he came down and said hi to the kids and I was like, okay, let's go clip the table, you let that milk carton, do that, do that, I was drilling it, like, boom, boom, and he was, I guess he was watching me, and his, his son was on my team, that's what Mm -hmm. it was, his son was on my team, and it's, it's, if you go to the you see the window, that they can look down a basketball course, I guess he was watching his son play, but he was watching what I was doing, Mm -hmm. and he was like, I want her to be be a part of my, my staff, and I'm like, really, because they had just won the conference champion, American East. There. They had just won. Speedy Claxton was on the team. You know, all these people were on the team. Mm. He had just won the American East championship. So he had somebody come to me and ask me. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: First of all, he didn't know how old I was. That was the thing. He didn't know how old I was. So I was talking to him one day at the camp, and I was talking about this guy named Michael. Michael mm-hmm. Harris, that he coached when he was up in Rochester. He said, you know Michael Harris? I said, yeah. And so he said, I, something I said triggered my age. So he said, well, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 36. He's like, because at the time, he was 38. Jay was 38. I was 36. So he, wow. He's like, I thought you was like one of the kids. You know, He thought I was still in school. He thought I was younger. So I guess with that, he said, you know what? I want her to be a part of my staff. You don't want a, a 19, 20 year old with a bunch of men you don't want that yeah, yeah so he people kept saying coach coach right keeps asking about you he's he's asking me are you married do you have children <laughs> and you know and i was like why would he ask you that you know mm-hmm. but come to find out because you know when you're working with a male a men's team and because of the amount of work you do mm-hmm. you, you know it, he doesn't want a discrepancy of me not be able to do what he needed me to do, you know, right. because your husband's like, you got to be home or mm-hmm. I got to go home and, and, and like you with the kids. I got yep. to the kids. So <laughs> I was able to, you know, pretty much spend time with the team, you know, and do what I needed to do. So he, he called me in his office. He said, I, I said, well, what do you want me? I still like, what do you want me to do? You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a coach. What do you want me to do? And I think his whole vision was, you know, as a young African strong woman, I need you if like these, these kids have a uh, these young men have a problem they could come to me and they can't come to him they can come ah, to me because you have okay. to understand that a happy team is a team that's gonna play well that's true so it's things that a black female or a black man or somebody of you know authority can mm-hmm. give to these kids give to these young men. And I have had guys come to me say, you know, you know, this is going on, and I said, okay, this is how we gonna take care of that, you know? And things, I may not ever go back and tell Coach um, right? things I never went back and told him, but I was able to say, look, you messing up, you need to straighten mm-hmm. up, and they would listen to me. You understand? Mm-hmm. And most of them are great guys. Most of them are great guys. I would bring them over my house, you know, my mother would cook dinner, and she would bring it to my house, and or oh, I'll cook some things, and we will ha- will feed them. You know, I was like their big sister. I'm not gonna say mother. <laughs> I to <was laughs> say <saying> big sister, <laughs> way older sister. So they, I just I had the rapport, I had the relationship with them. So you know, in, in in basketball, so many things can go wrong. Right. You know, as far as dating,
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know, you you have girls come to the to the gym da, 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 da. <laughs> and coach Har- coach like oh, Vita, could you go handle that please like <laughs> yo sweetie you can't be here i know you're mad at your boyfriend right now but you can't be here <laughs> you know it's so much to go on yep. and i was that liaison i was that person who could step in the mix and take care of business and and, and you know you know what happens here will stay here and he had my confidence he had you know he had my trust mm-hmm. but most of all he had my loyalty so yeah,
1: yeah that's, that's that that's that connection you kind of get from just an adult that looks like you right. that has the same culture exactly. that has the same language understands you you know exactly. what I mean like it's it's just completely different
2: exactly and you know and so would no, know, he's offering that position I'm like okay what, what's what's in this for me <laughs> <laughs> But he said, you know, I he knew I was trying to get, I told him I was trying to get my masters. So he said, okay, we'll take care of him. So I went to, I got my masters for free.
0: Wow. You know,
2: I you know I just continue to work, but I got my masters for free. It's a full day because I'm going to school. I'm working at Bernard Fineson. I'm working with Jay Rye. You know, we're traveling. I'm, I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. So mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a lot of work, but so well worth it. Because those guys on that team, uh, like my, those are my brothers. To this day, to this day, I'm still in touch with them. That's awesome. We still text each other. We are on Instagram together. I know Jay Hernandez Hernandez is now at um, with the Charlotte Hornets. Mm. So I'm um, just, you know, when he played, when he was at the Orlando Magic, me and my mom went down there and. He gave us tickets to the game. We came down to the floor, took pictures with him, you know. Mm -hmm. And I watched his kids grow. Now he's doing a phenomenal job with the Charlotte Hornets organization. And um, Norm Richardson is now coaching in the G League with the Mad Ants. Uh, That's a... um, Indiana team, and mm-hmm. he played for the Pacers for a little while in the NBA, and he played for the Toronto Raptors, so he's, he's married and has a beautiful little boy, Kyrie, his wife, so he's doing well and doing his thing. Uh Rick Abadaka, who was a phenomenal basketball player who should have went to the NBA um but unfortunately some things happen which they do Mm -hmm. but he is a ceo of a jet company private jet company
1: oh that's awesome
2: so he has a beautiful family living in new jersey beautiful home Mm -hmm. you know so he's doing well um a couple of guys are now physical education teachers (laughs) can't get enough Um, of that (laughs) and and he's doing like you know just like that that motherly advice one of them named woody safran woody was a phenomenal basketball player Mm -hmm. he was really short in stature but he was quick but um of course at the end of his career you know like his senior year he wasn't getting that playing time like he should be getting or he thought that he should be getting and he was like i I just want to question you are not going to quit you are going to finish your classes you're going to get a job with um hofstra and you could do like you know like when you do when you work for the facilities or wherever you want to work, you still get college money, you know, tuition. Mm-hmm. So he ended up getting his master's in physical education. Mm. And he's teaching phys ed in Brooklyn. And Man. he has his family. I'm like, you're not quitting. I don't care if you sit that bench, you're gonna sit that bench, you're gonna get your degree and you're gonna move <laughs>
1: forward. You know, That's everybody's not of going black to the MBA. Female huh? coach, mentor <laughs> everybody's Family, not going everything. to the NBA.
2: we are not going to pro yep, we are yep. not going to be pros but you're gonna leave here with a degree i don't care what you do but you're leaving <laughs> here with a degree and he left here he left there with his master and i, I know i mark was mark was struggling a little bit with that take passing that test you know the state test he was, mm-hmm. he was struggling i was like we're we gonna get through this and he <laughs> he, he passed he took it a couple of times but he passed that test hey,
1: as long as you so pass
2: you know, he was having a problem with anatomy and physiology. He would come over. I would tutor him. This is just how you're going to do it. This is how you remember things. This is how you, you know, form your study habits. So even after, I was still there for those boys, the young men. They're not boys. Those guys. And we had the best of the best of the best times.
1: Man, that is that is amazing, man. We
2: would fly. You know, we would go on trips. We would, One time, Jay took us to Florida. And we stayed there for like a week. We stayed at the Don Shula Resort. Mm-hmm. And we like, literally, we played like three games. You know, you go, sometimes you go to hotels, you're like, like, what state am I in? It was like that. Okay, <laughs> I don't remember. Where's my hotel? You don't remember your number to the hotel room? Because you don't change hotel rooms. Uh-huh. But it 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 was the, I don't know it was with Jay with one year because Jay left him with the Villanova. And then Tom Pecora came in, who's now the associate head coach at Quinnipiac. And he was the head coach at, um. What's the school in New Jersey, Fordham University? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and you know, it, it, it's like all of the people I work with. I work with him, I work with David Duke. David Duke is now the head coach at Adelphi. I work with Brett Gunning, who's now an assistant coach with the Houston Rockets NBA. I worked with Van Macon, who's now an assistant coach with St. John's University, Tom Parada, who was the head coach at Fairville, and he was at Carnesha's.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's
2: just all these wonderful people I've met through the game called basketball
1: that is amazing man so it's power of a sport
2: power of a sport (laughs) people say basketball saved their life it really literally it can save your life Mm. it really can but you have to you have to use the system you can't let the system come you have to attack Okay, yep. what can what can I get out of this? I need to get something out of this, and I have just met so many phenomenal. And it always pays to be nice. One guy, he is now the head coach at um, Boston University. Joe Jones, a Long Island kid. Mm-hmm. I, I was he was my little pen pal when I was in college. He was in school. We used to write, <laughs> He knew who I was from being in the paper at Freeport High School. Mm-hmm. And he came to me at a pool party one time. I was with my friend, and he was a, he he was my friend's. Little brother's friend. Mm -hmm. And he said, I know who you are. You play basketball for Freeport. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. And I took down his address and we was pen pals, writing, you know, some college used to write back and forth. You know, Mm -hmm. I took the time out to write him. He would write me back. You know, we kind of lost contact. but, And years later, I ran into him. Jay Wright introduced me to him. He said, you know Joe Jones. I'm like, no, I don't know him. And he said, I know you from somewhere. I just can't remember. And the next day he came to me, he said, I know where I know you from you know williams i met you through Dow. nobody's invited you and i was like oh my god that's why you better be careful of how you treat kids and how you treat people you never know how things are going to come back to you and he is the heck he just won a championship just won Mm. a championship the patrick league with boston university He, he used to be the head coach at columbia his brother is the head coach at yale university men's basketball team you never know yeah, what how that, things are gonna come around in circle.
1: For sure, and that's a lesson too of just maintaining good relationships, like you know, so and not important. not 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 messing up any bridges, you know, keeping everything connected. That's so important. Never know
2: who you're gonna need later on in life.
1: For sure, for sure. So, at like when when did you have time through all of this to play for the Sharks, like to play <laughs> professional football, like what? <laughs>
2: The crazy thing about it, I always love football. Like mm-hmm. I said before, I was a big Jerry Rice fan. Ugh, love Jerry Rice.
1: He's a goat right there.
2: Oh, he was the <laughs> goat. I was that San Francisco, and I used to. Go, I used to. I used to love football so much. I used to and Jerry to,
1: Rice went to an too, right? Yes, he did. Oh man, Shannon
2: Sharp, <laughs> yeah. Sterling Sharp, them, Savannah State. Yes, <laughs> and I remember um, going to Hawaii mm-hmm. to the Pro Bowl. I used to go to the Pro Bowl. I went to at least wow. three or four, about three times. And I used to fly over to Hawaii. I had friends over there who were in the, in, in the Marines. I used to stay at their house. And we used to go to the Pro Bowl. And I'm like, the first time I met Jerry Rice, and it's a couple of the guys. I, I, I know I can't even remember all their name. but I knew it was Jerry Rice. <laughs> and he was signing. I'm like, oh, my God. You've been, I loved you from something Star, and you just been my favorite football. He was so nice. I remember him being so nice. He's mm-hmm. also in the fraternity. He's a Sigma, five beta Sigma. Mm. And um he was just the nicest person. So when I turned 39, right. <laughs> I tried out for the football team. <laughs> The, I went to see New York Sharks game. My friend said, my friend Bashi, she said, come me to the game. I was like, women's football game? And it was at Aviator Field in Brooklyn. And I went to the football game. I was like, oh my God, women's football. This is pretty cool. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to try it for the team. I just wanted to see how it feels to play football because i always just running out the tunnel with your helmet. On. I just want to learn how to, you know, just, just give me that feel of football. So I tried mm-hmm. for the team on my 40th birthday. I got the letter saying I made the team. <laughs> my 40th wow. birthday. And none of the plays, none of them knew I was 40. Nobody knew I was 40. I, that I means
1: you were in like super duper shape, like 40.
2: <laughs> my body was banging. I used to like always like, up, like always get up. I had my eyes were cut. My wow. arm, I was in but football, I was in my best shape. Ever my arms <laughs> was like pow and my fat, I had ripped abs and my thighs were like thick and strong. I was just like bigger. My, my one of my friends said, I'm rather really hug you or give you a pound because your body is like banging. <laughs> but because you have that equipment on, mm-hmm. you know, you're literally running with that equipment on, and you, you got that helmet. And the hardest thing with me was playing low because basketball, you play up.
0: Yeah. Football,
2: you have to play down. So I yep. got I got knocked on my butt a couple of times from <laughs> playing up high and not having my stance correct. But just having that football helmet on and you're trying to you're trying to balance it because it's so heavy on your head and you got yep. the shoulder, like really you had the shoulder pads, and they were longer because they had to come over our breast area and we had the, the thigh and it's like it took you an hour to get dressed. <laughs> And it's like, please don't drink nothing before a game because you don't want to have to go to the bathroom. You got to take all that stuff off, oh, and man. it was just, it was just crazy. And you know, the cleats—I just wasn't used to the cleats. It was just a, a different experience. Let me see, Here's my helmet right here.
1: Yeah, my man. Right
2: here, my <laughs> New York Sharks helmet.
1: That is awesome.
2: But it was, um, it was, it was a great experience. It was hard work. I can remember it was cold. I remember because we played in the summer. Uh-huh. So, we would start our season in the winter. And I remember it being mm. freezing out there. <laughs> it was so cold. But hitting that ground with those drills and coming up and doing those and hitting the ground and coming up with that equipment on and mm-hmm. running those laps around that football field with that helmet on, it, it was very trying. It was great. I played wide receiver, which I didn't like too much because only because it was so many. No, I did like wide receiver. I liked it because mm-hmm. you you do XYZ. I mean, XY or um Z for XYZ. Yeah, XYZ formation. So I didn't really like to cut too much. I just wanted to do Z. I just want to just run straight, throw <laughs> me the ball. Just throw the ball up, let me catch it. I didn't like to learn plays. That was hard for me, learning plays. Even basketball, I didn't like to learn plays. Uh, my friend used to be like, that shoe go cut. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just playing.
1: Going with the flow.
2: Just, <laughs> just going. Just like where the ball defense. That's why I love man to man. We didn't play man to man in high school. We played mostly zone, but we got the man. I was like, this is now this is my kind of basketball. Man. <laughs> but in football, I liked uh, defensive end. I mm-hmm. love that position because you were at the end, you did not have to too much learn too many plays in the middle.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: know where to go. So you just you just block and run after the court to the quarterback. I just love that position, so it was a lot of fun. And what and um, I know one time and Shaw Ferguson came to our game because and Shaw Ferguson, from Free, he's from Freeport, right? Yeah,
1: he's from Freeport.
2: Yeah. His mom, his grandmother, and, and and um, came from the same town. My grandparents and my mom came from. Wow.
0: So his
2: his grandmother his great his um grandmother's brother was married to my mother's sister. Mm-hmm. So we all knew each other, you know. We all—I remember him; he's a little kid, and I, he came to my game. I remember him coming to my game. That was exciting. I was like, "Oh my god!" Everybody's like, "Rushford." <laughs> he went like, "Rushford." That's had the game. And you know, we had a couple of M, um, NFL players come to our games, and we traveled on weekends. We we would get pack our bags on Fridays. We would go to um, Boston, New England, uh, Miami. Atlanta, DC, um, Delaware. We played all these things. And those girls were huge. I never forget we were playing. We used to call DC Divas. They were the DC Divas. We used to call them the DC D Cups. Those are are big girls. They walk out there. It was like, boom, boom. I'm like, oh my God. It's like, you got to be kidding me. And I'll never forget one of the plays. So I was, they, they had me blocking. And I'm blocking mm-hmm. and the girl's not moving. She's not moving me, but I'm not moving her either. So we both pushing. <laughs> and we both pushing.
0: Uh-huh. So
2: I don't I don't know how I ended up, but somebody everybody ended up on top of me. Mm. I remember hitting the <laughs> ground and all this weight is on me. And I'm looking up at the skies like, why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Those are some big old girls. But it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. I did well with that. It, that it, was, was awesome. it was fun. It was fun. You
0: guys
1: got paid, right?
2: Um, no, not
1: really. Oh, man.
2: They went. You know what? Now they 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 getting million dollar contracts from my. I understand. Man, you better um, go
1: back for your check, man. <laughs> uh,
2: that's okay. It was fun. You know. Back to that again. Sometimes you don't do things for money. That's you know what true. I'm saying? That's
0: true. That's true. Again,
2: I met some great women. Um, through the program and I would, and through the program, I would, I started teaching at um, Lawrence road. Uh-huh. I would take my students to their camps. Our camp was at giant stadium. So our girls were able to go onto the turf and giant stadium and do football. Okay. How many kids that, can say they yeah. walked on the turf? So, you know, everything has its, you may not get things one way, but it has its it yeah. its benefits another the way. Connections,
1: so the connections. They yeah. gave them
2: nice jersey. They got them football bags. It,
0: That's awesome.
2: It, they they had the best time, and now you have these women who are now um, referees for the NFL, and they, they they do clinics for the girls and stuff. So it's it, it's been it's been great. Just you know, networking and knowing these women, and just everything comes together
0: everything
1: sure. does you know yeah, that's that's awesome man that's awesome man you know it's such a shame too with with some of the women's sports that they don't get as much and they often overlook but the experience is good but you know i feel like you know we should be kind of catching up with you know what the guys are doing right now like yeah, even the WNBA, yeah.
2: they make no they make no money
1: i know man like i was watching this um i think it was like a vice documentary and they were talking about like that the girls in the WNBA, like a lot, even the highest paying ones, they have to play after the season's over. Like they'll go to Europe or yeah, they will they'll go, go, to to pla- go to different places and and play until the the the, the next season starts. And I'm you like, can't wow, it.
0: that is crazy.
2: Because <laughs> people got people are like, did you play the WNBA? You have to realized that I didn't. I got out of school '85. The WNBA didn't come up until 1996. Mm-hmm. So I was already 11 years into working. You know, I I was grinding. And the money they were paying, I was making more doing what I was doing. But you have to understand something, too. You only play for maybe three months. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't bad money coming out of college to do that. But Mm -hmm. my cousin played. My cousin, Shell, she played for the New York um, Liberty. She played for the New York Liberty. Um, She was the first round pick for the New York Liberty. But she ended up winning a championship with the Seattle. um, They just won this year, Seattle Storm. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, she won a championship with them, but it helped her as far as job opportunities. Okay, it looks great on your resume. You know, Absolutely. You like it, I mean, it looks good on your resume. So. Team. Yeah, so and you know, she's doing really well. She's working for Nike International out there oh, on the West okay. Coast. So she has a great job. She's doing great things. But um I used to go to her games all the time, you know, and I became friends with Teresa Weatherspoon and I know Vicky Johnson used to play. These are old school, This is like, you know, Tamika and more these are like the like a beginning. Uh-huh. So um, I really don't, like I told you, before, I really don't watch too much female basketball only because I've always been around men basketball, you know, working with Jay Wright, working right. with Tom Pacora, you know, and, and, you know, even guys I dated who, you know, who were coaches and I used to go, one of the guys I dated, he, the one at, on West Virginia, I used to go to with him recruiting, you know, so I, I, I was always around men's basketball. Mm-hmm. So that's just what I'm just used to being around. Not that I don't like women's basketball. I just can't call out plays and call out situations with women's basketball like I can with men. I do support women's basketball. Mm-hmm. And I do know who Candace is and Lisa Leslie. I've, you know, met Lisa a couple of times. Oh, cool. Um but uh um, at Teaspoon and you know, I've I done camp with Teresa Weatherspoon. I've done basketball camps and stuff. And man, I have friends you, you who you like agents. know
1: everybody, man. Like-
2: I met a lot of people through basketball. That's, That's all amazing. I can say. I, you, know, and, and, you know, even in the summertime, like back in the day when I first got in school, when I was working in Queens, I would throw my basketball gear in the back of my trunk and mm-hmm. go go to the Bronx and go to, to you North know, Manhattan because they didn't really have basketball too heavy out in Long Island. Yeah. Long Island is not really known for basketball. You have like Sue and yep. all of them. You have a couple of talents coming out of Long Island, and Lisa Smith back in the days was a phenomenal player for Hempstead. But um, I used to go out there and play because I played for Queen Latifah's um, team. She had a team, Lancelot Memorial team. That's her brother who was killed. Um, So she had a, a team and we would play. I used to run from park to park. I used to play at... West Fourth. Then you go to Tillery. Then you go to Roberto Clemente State Park, and you know all these girls. These girls were ballers. I mean, I think I got better after college than I was in college. My game mm. elevated because I'm playing with well. these. These are heavy banging girls. These are these are these are girls in the boroughs. You know, they they <laughs> we balling. And to this day, like you said, I was supposed to get recognized this year as one of um, the Legends Award, but because of the pandemic, I, we weren't able to do the Legends Award. But I was nominated, and I was um, gonna be presented with the Legends Award. Wow. These are women from the tri-state area who made uh, impact in the game of basketball, and one of the persons on, you know, during um, on the um, panel was gonna be uh, Kim Hampton. One of the players from the Liberty, she's one of the phenomenal mm. players, so it was like uh, exceptional women. I know Queen Latifah got the award one day. People like, Why did she get a basketball? Queen Latifah used to play ball with us, Dana. <laughs> Dana Owens, Dana used to play ball with us. Wow. You know, she's a, you know, we some. I didn't you know, even know wine. she played
1: ball, I, I didn't know that. Myself.
2: Yeah, they, <laughs> see, we know her as Dana Owens because, um, she used to. You know, we used to all be at playing ball. And it's so funny, because she's be like, yo, let's go to the studio. We'd be like, studio? You all want go to the no studio. It's, <laughs> it's nice outside. we going to play ball. You know, and Bachi and Nudi and, and Vita and Faith and all my friends, you know, we used to be balling. Yeah, Dana, was, she used to play ball. Wow. She used to play ball. She, you know, she's one of, one, one of, one of us. <laughs> one of us. Purple Rain. We were Purple Rain. R-E-I-G-N. I'll never forget. We, we used to have the, shorts with the perp with the defense on the butt. Mm-hmm. we were purple we was balling back in the days <laughs> yeah, we yeah, you seven. had you
1: had a lot of fun man i, wow, that is had, awesome. a fun. I had a lot of fun <laughs> oh yeah. man all right let's get let's get into like a little segment here um this little game is called what's your favorite i feel like Ooh. i know so much about you already man Like, <laughs> but let's go through a few and um you if you want to elaborate you can or you can just give us a one word it's up to you okay all right so What's your or who's your favorite NBA player?
2: I would say I know people like everybody say LeBron, but I'm gonna say LeBron, but not just because of his uh, ability to play basketball, but but what he does off the court. Mm. His school that he opened up. Yeah, his yeah. his 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 social action. Um, he just he he just a phenomenal person.
1: Yeah, he just and he does so much, man. Like a lot so of people much. don't know too. Like he. He kept his whole high school, you know, friends circle, and they all doing great things with him. Like, he
2: married his high school sweetheart.
1: Yeah, like it's it it don't get better than that, man. Like he just is a loyal guy, man. He's
2: you an know? advocate. He's an advocate for social social justice. Yeah. Like you just, how can you not like him? I'm like
1: some don't. I don't know how, but <laughs> and,
2: and like I said, he's a phenomenal basketball player. But but my life for him goes off the court. Yeah. It goes off the court. I just love yep. the person that he is. Yeah,
1: so Absolutely. I got to say LeBron. Yep, all right. I can see that. All right, your favorite sports movie?
2: Love and Basketball. <laughs> love, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Who don't love Love and Basketball? <laughs> oh my gosh, you got to love loving and Basketball.
1: That's Man, amazing that's, story. That is a classic. That movie classic. That's is a classic. classic.
2: You got to say that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, favorite thing about being a PE teacher?
2: Um... Trying to let kids know how important fitness is,
0: mm, especially at a time like this. Because so
2: kids don't realize fitness is so much. I used to have a a, a poster. It says seven days without fitness it makes one week, W E A K not W E E K. Seven days, seven days without fitness makes one week. <laughs> um, So it's just not about exercise. Kids are like I don't want to do. It's about it's about your health, yes. Mm-hmm. But it's about personal growth.
0: Mm. It's
2: about the peace, peace and serenity of your body when you exercise. It's yep. about strengthening your body. It's about the confidence you have in your body. Yep. It's about it's therapeutic. Uh, it, it's just accountability. It's mm-hmm. everything. You have to be in shape. And I didn't realize that till when I was teaching health at I taught health at Lawrence Road. Also, when I had one of my friends who worked for IBM come in. And he was saying, you know, just being a business person, how important it was to be in shape.
0: Mm-hmm. People
2: will judge you by your appearance.
0: That's if so cool. I walk
2: into an interview and I'm in tip top shape, regardless of what, they're going to look at me first. The first, first impression, they're going to look at me and say, okay, you know what? She's in shape. You know, she, she that means she's disciplined. If I come in here weighing 300 pounds, they're going to be like, and hmm. I could be the smartest person in the world. And I could that put is... down obese people. Not trying to put them down. But they will be like, they're not going to hear what I have to say. They're so busy looking at all the weight and all this excess weight I'm carrying. And they're like, she's not even disciplined because she can't even keep herself up. So how is she going to do my this job for me?
1: Yeah, that is so interesting, man. Because I remember reading this study, too. Like, even for college interviews, like they look at that. You know, like, they look at your physique and how you look and all this stuff and a lot of people don't think about that you know it's
0: true mm-hmm. it's true
1: all right um your favorite sport to watch
2: i have to say basketball still you okay. know i love watching football but i just college basketball mm-hmm. college basketball is the best basketball in the world just the the crowd and just the excitement yeah. and everything is it, it's just so much fun I just Especially love when it. you're
1: there, like when you're there, yeah. the energy is just
0: yeah. so different.
2: The energy is bananas. Yeah. But even when you know Virginia Union, the object was so small, it mm-hmm. used to be so much fun at the games. We just like, It it was just like, it was just so comical and you know, (laughs) you know, in college, everybody had their little rituals they do and their little little chants. And, and and, and, when you're in a really small gym, it's crazy. I'll never forget playing at St. Orr. I think it was St. Orr College in in North Carolina. That gym was even smaller than ours. Cause I remember taking out the ball and this guy like literally was holding the back of my shirt. Like that little ball I'm trying to run in. He's holding the back of my shirt. Like who does that? Who does that? It, it's just stupid stuff, but uh-huh. you know, it, 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 it was just a lot of fun. But yeah, but I will say college basketball. Okay, okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Favorite food.
2: My favorite. I'm a foodie, so that's why <laughs> I work out so I can be in shape. <laughs> people like, you eat a lot,
1: and a lot. A like, lot of people don't know, man. But you know what they say: black don't crack, man. Like, but you gotta. I, could, work I would guess it. if I would guess, and I didn't know you, I would guess you would be like. Late thirties, man. And I love you.
2: <laughs> and I love you. <laughs> I'm closer to 60 than 50.
1: <laughs> it's, it's amazing, man. It's amazing.
2: <laughs> but my favorite food, ooh, lasagna.
1: Ah, okay.
2: I love lasagna. Oh, my God. That's my favorite food. Okay,
1: yeah. Okay. Um, I know you coach a lot of sports. What's your favorite sport to coach?
2: Really? The coach?
1: Mm-hmm badminton really <laughs> i wasn't expecting that
2: <laughs> my people laugh i'll never forget he's like you coach badman i love badminton number one uh-huh. i get the best kids who try for badminton it's all the kids i think one year i had kids who were like the number one two three five seven and eight in the whole class wow. so i had all the scholars so i don't have to worry about oh so-and-so didn't come to class today uh-huh. so-and-so didn't do their homework today <laughs> they were the best kids the that's best a coach's and the coach's dream right yeah yeah they come right <laughs> to you right and i'm like i don't want these people are. but batman you ever play batman
1: i it's fun man you know what? It's like since, since um since covid i actually like i bought like a whole bunch of sports equipment so i get everybody playing outside and um, one of them was Batman. My my that daughter's was like your... loving it. Like we we go outside every now and Batman, then.
2: Batman <laughs> is the best sport. It's quick. Yep. You move it. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're tired. Yep. And, and your strategy, you're using your mind. People don't realize that. Batman is a, good, it's a great sport. Yeah, it's and a lot of fun, those man. kids on my Batman team, they went to Cornell, Harvard, wow. MIT. You wow. know, these kids are doing phenomenal things. And I'm That's still awesome. in contact with them still in contact with them they're doing great things
1: yeah <laughs> that is awesome man that is awesome all right uh so as far as like your teaching man we didn't even dive into that yet man I feel like your life story would be like 10 books or something like that <laughs> like, this is so much <laughs> this is crazy um but as far as your teaching like have you had like any proud teaching moments like where you're like yo wow that was that was amazing or, that was cool you know maybe from a kid or from anything like that just made you feel proud
2: yeah, I think my proudest moments are graduation. That's why I got my proudest moment. It's it's been times where I was so frustrated. I was just done. <laughs> I was just done. I was exhausted from constantly trying to get these kids to do what they have to do. Cause I know what's out there. I know the 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 circumstances. I know I just know the heartaches. I know the mm-hmm. how how difficult it is. Yep. And one year I was, I mean, literally. I was exhausted I just like I I couldn't even breathe anymore I was just tired and I really felt like saying you know what I I can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. and when I came to graduation a kid came up to me with a dozen white roses wow and said Miss Williams I know it wasn't easy but thank
1: you you pushed me through that's amazing and that he's, gave me enough, huh?
2: That gave that gave me. I'm like, okay, this is this is why I do it. And then one time, I went to um, I went to get a, a baby shower gift from Babies R Us, one of those stores, and the girl was like, Miss Williams, and I didn't recognize her. Mm-hmm. I said, Yes. She said, Hi. Oh my God, Miss Williams. She said, You're the reason why I got out of high school.
0: Wow. I said, I
2: said, Why? I said, Me? Why? She said, Because I didn't want to hear your mouth, <laughs> so I would come. <laughs> she said i just came to class i just did not want to hear your mouth so i just came to class and i passed and i graduated (laughs) (laughs) that's funny because i like i'm constantly and and i know they got tired because i had headaches when i got home and i know they got tired of him but i could not just let them do anything a lot of teachers was like you know what i'm getting my paycheck whatever i can't Mm. do that Mm. i I, I can't
0: we
1: shouldn't we really shouldn't you know
2: and if it it's comes a right. time when I do that, it's time to stop. Mm-hmm. I just, and I keep saying, I'm not doing all that this year. I'm right back at it, doing it, <laughs> going hard. I'm on a computer now. I'm like, guys, I, t- I asked this one girl, where's your family from, El Salvador? I said, so you mean your family came over here, busting their butt, hearing all the of retic- President Trump talking about y'all and calling your names and, and trying to get y'all kick out of the country and all this stuff. -hmm. And you don't want to go to school. Mm. You don't want to log into a computer when your parents are busting. And she got angry with me. And I I said, "Okay, you're angry. Mm You have a right to be angry. You don't like what I'm saying, but your parents work are working hard for you to do for a better life. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you helping them? Why aren't you contributing?" And she got mad at me, but she'll be okay. She probably still mad at me. She'll be one of those
1: that comes back around and be like, "Same same thing you just said, Miss Williams." thank you so much. <laughs> you know, like I can yeah. see that. I can see that.
2: <laughs> so that's why I teach to that see is, the success of my kids later
1: on. That is amazing, man. And we yeah. definitely need more passionate teachers like that, man, yeah. because you, I think, I think COVID is exposing a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of whack teachers, man. That's a lot right. of teachers that's like not really in it for the teaching, that's you know, right. and not putting in that work, man. That's so we right. Need it's showing.
2: It's showing. Yep. Yep. and every time I try to retire I think are like, "Miss, Williams, you didn't retire yet. Yeah, I keep saying, I'm retiring but there's like another group of kids who I just like, they need me. They need me. I'm like, you know, you know, and it's still, I still say it's a shame that I'm the only African-American phys ed teacher in the building. I just don't think that's right. It's not right. And when kids mm-hmm. see me, they say, oh, I first got a job at Union De High School. They say, oh, she's black. I'm like, <laughs> Wow. Now I understand why they say that.
1: Yeah, because people don't know, man. It's it's not it's not too many of us around, man, in, in the teaching field.
2: I turned around to um teacher this year and I say, like, you know, before we we went out on they were interviewing for phys ed, mm-hmm. and now I turned around to I said, well, are there any black people?" And she, I kind of startled her because she's like, "I guess she expected me <laughs> to say that." I said, "There any black teachers interview?" Like, oh my gosh, you know?
1: Yeah. Meanwhile. So, the school is like how how many percentage you know black black and Hispanic. It's not kids. one
2: white kid in our school. Wow, not one. <laughs> and I'm not saying white teachers can't teach, and I'm not saying they don't they don't care for our kids. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just good for our kids to see our face.
1: To yeah, see I mean, can us. can we have a few? Uh, like can we have some like something like that? That is that is wild, man. For the for all the kids to be of color, and then. No representation in the teachers.
0: That's and sad. People, man. And
2: then people preach, you know, I, from what I understand, how true it is. Um, the human resources director is like, well, you know, we try to, you know, get with diversity, which I understand that, but we can never, ever go into a white school district and have predominantly white, black teachers. It would never no, happen. Not
1: It'll even in the happen. not even in the wildest movie that would. It happen. will never
2: happen. So <laughs> can't even make diversity, that Diversity. My friends work at Oceanside. She's a social worker, and my other friend Kim is a math teacher. They're the only two black teachers in the whole Oceanside High School. Wow, only two. It's
1: a lonely so. world for us, man. <laughs> yeah,
2: but we're gonna keep trying. Yes, because God yes. is in control of this, not them.
1: Indeed, indeed, and I think that like that's just the importance too, man. Of you know the young kids out there that that are seeking to be teachers, you know that are that that are black that are of different cultures it's important to be in these schools man and for these kids to look at you the same way your students look at you That's right. and all the people that you've impacted and like you just said you know maybe the experience might be similar white I don't know but I know like you know when kids see you and they see the brown and they see your attitude and they see the passion and they see the family connection it's completely different you know mhm so I think that's just so important.
2: It's important, yes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that is wow. So, um, when it's when when it's all kind of said and done, like what what do you think you're gonna kind of like hold on to with everything that you've done? Like you've been just a part of everything. Like, what are some things that you know you wanna you wanna definitely remember?
2: Wow. Everything. <laughs> I, I always say, God forbid, if I die tomorrow, I'll die happy because mm. I've, I've done everything that I've ever wanted to do. I've gone traveled every place I ever wanted to travel. And I have done so much for my friends and my family. But most important, I um, could look at myself in the mirror and say, you know, you did the best you can. I mean, even beyond my expectations of, what I wanted to do in life. Um
0: mm-hmm.
2: I I pretty much far went far past that. Um I just hope that, you know, you always about somebody's at my funeral, what would they say? And I just, you know, always been the kind of person, I will give you like literally give you the shirt off my back.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
2: literally. This, this this white lady loved um Tigger, you know, Woody to pull and Tigger. Yeah. And I had a Tigger t- sweatshirt. She said, oh my God, I love that. And I literally took off my sweatshirt. He gave it to her. So I'm that kind of person. Um, Am I perfect? No. I've learned a lot. I'm very defensive. That's one thing I'd like to change about myself. I'm very defensive. I can be extremely defensive. So if you come (laughs) at me, I'm better. Uh But you come at me wrong, I'm definitely going to speak up. I'm going to definitely come back at you. Some people take it as I don't like them. But it's not that I don't like you. It's the fact that I do like you. And I do want you to do, I, I want better for you. So the kid's like, Miss Wynn, you bipolar. And they'll say that because I'll attack them, attack attack them. Then I hug them, hug them, hug them. So they told me I'm bipolar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I learned that from just observing you teach too, man. Like, you know, like when when, like as a new teacher, when you get into schools and mm-hmm. you hear the, don't smile until after Christmas and you know, all that kind of stuff. And then I saw you, I'm like, oh, Yo, you're having a ball with the students. Like it's, it's, like you're having a great time and you're smiling and you're laughing and, and they're engaged and everything. And that yeah. kind of threw that whole idea and concept out the window for me, man. So I, I appreciate that.
2: Yeah. It's just, you know, it's about <laughs> respect. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, I have to be careful because sometimes I play with the kids so much, you know, you, you may, like people look at it like crossing the line sometimes, but <laughs> it's who, it, you got to know your students. Yep. So if I know somebody, like I, if I know their parents, cause your parents will come to parent teacher conference and I'll be like, yo, can I just punch her in her face? And the parents, <laughs> say, the parents are like, yeah, get her, get her. You got my permission, get her. Not literally, but, you know, those kids, I'll, you know, they'll say something. And I'm, like, literally wrestling them in the gym. I'll put them in a beer hug, and I'll throw them on the floor. And mm-hmm. I'm on the floor, and I'm pretending to punch them. and Just, just having <laughs> a good time with the kids. And some of the kids be like, whoa. You know, and then some kids time I'm like, come on, guys, you got to do this. But you know what? Some classes, I literally sit down. So I, I said, you know what guys? It's such a good class. I had one class I just adored last year. My my first period A Day class.
1: These
0: uh-huh.
2: kids were always on time. They sat in a floor spot. They did everything.
1: On time first period. Everything. Wow.
2: <laughs> my, the best class I ever had in my life.
1: Wow.
2: And one day I went to you know, I said, you know what? I got up early. I gotta to get to school early. I got some Dunkin' Donuts. I got some bagels and orange juice and stuff. And I I I said, All right, don't get dressed today. Let's go downstairs. And I took her, and we just ate breakfast together and talked. That's
0: so awesome. sometimes
2: you have to step outside the circle. You can't mm-hmm. always be so detailed, so structured. So you know what? You guys, let's just take a break today. Let's just talk about something. You know, we don't <laughs> want to talk about. You got to do this sometimes, yep. you know, yep. even through this virtual learning. Mm-hmm. I'll say, okay, guys, you, I'll give you off today. If you're behind, you'll try to catch up. But let's just let's just let's let's take a breath today. Catch up with the rest of your work. Let's just let's just breathe. You know man,
1: that's so important, man. Don't
2: stay on their neck all the time.
0: Yeah. You know, you're constantly
2: yep. and they like, Miss Williams and this girl. This girl wrote me a text. She said, Miss, I've Google Google Voice so you can get text. Mm-hmm. Miss Williams, I am exhausted. And I don't know why she was tired. It was a Monday? But she wrote? me, She took time like to this text. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I can't even get out of bed today. Can I just do the assignment another? I said, you know what? Sweetheart, you're excused today. You get some rest. I'm excusing you from this period. You don't have to make up the work. Just get some rest. Because you must have really been tired that you would text your teacher <laughs> and say, I can't even get out of bed. I'm exhausted.
0: Yep, it is yep. what it is.
2: Who am I to say this child's not exhausted? You know? For sure. And you know your, and you know your students. You know who are, who's telling you the truth and exactly. who's just pretty much saying anything. Man. So you just know your students. Know who they are.
1: <laughs> Man, you are an amazing teacher, man. I feel like a superhero, man. But <laughs> <God> <laughs> do, you, is good. do you yourself have like a favorite superhero you like? My mom. Oh my man. mom's my superhero. That's nice. You know, somebody
2: who's like, I, mean, I know people always talk about their parents. I do, but my mom, man, you know, just looking back when I was a child, you know, and mm-hmm. just, you know, my 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 parents divorced when I was very young. My father converted into the Muslim faith. And, oh, you know, okay. my mother's a true Christian from the South. So, you know, that's not a great combination. And my mom, you know, chose to remain Christian, not to convert. So, of course, that's a strain on your marriage. Yeah, and um, yeah. they were young because my mother was, you know, me and my brothers and I, we were all born. My mother was only 21 by the time we were all born. And mm-hmm. my father's a year younger than she is. So you t- you talking about 1963. Remember that move, you know, I know you don't remember, but <laughs> by by your history, you know the movement what uh-huh. was happening in 1963.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were yeah. At civil
2: unrest. Yep, yep. Cuz you know, when I told kids, you know, mom, the king was still alive when I was born. He died like like 5 years old, so I remember, you know, hearing about the, you know, the injustice. I remember getting in my mother's car and going to South Carolina. and had to go to the side of the road to use the bathroom because it was white only you never know if uh, you don't find a bathroom that said colored only so you know you just end up going to the bathroom on the side of the road because you, know, you know or you bought your food because you couldn't go into the restaurants to eat and you, mm-hmm. you had your water because you couldn't drink from certain water fountains that's my lifetime you know mm-hmm. and it seemed like it was so long ago but it's really not mm-hmm. so um she was so strong but I never heard her disrespect anybody of different color. She never said, I hate white people. I never heard her talk against white people. She's always had white friends. Um, Even though she wasn't treated right, you know, she had to step up off the sidewalk when a white person walked by, you know, she even, even if a child walked by, she Mm. had to step off into the street. She had to walk, you know, didn't have a school bus to take to school while the white kids got bus to school and their personal school had to go to school in a different county and get there the best way they knew how, you know, it's it's just the stories, you know, you think the people be like angry and say, you know what, I I hate, my mother's always been so loving, she never judged, she never talked negative about anything, and she worked hard, so what I did pretty much when I got older, and I got my education, of course, I dedicate everything to my mom, I Uh. just made sure that we've been all over the person. I took my mother to Brazil. I took my mother to Japan. I took my mother to every Caribbean island, every cruise line. Uh, we did a 16 <laughs> day cruise across the country. I just done everything for her because, right. just because, not mm-hmm. that I owe her because she's my mom, but the Bible tells you to honor your mother and your father. You mm-hmm. have to honor them, regardless of how you feel about it. She's just such a strong individual. My mother is 78 now. We wake up, we'll be in eight o'clock me and her being out there doing our two mile uh our two mile work um workout every morning you know she has her weights i got my weights we work out she does classes with me and she's strong she's 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 a breast cancer survivor she had um an infection in her heart destroyed her three valves tricuspid bicuspid and she, and she so she had to have valve replacement surgery and she's just so strong you know, she's <laughs> she's the inspiration so that's my superhero, my biggest cheerleader. Every game, she was there. She might Cheering be my hero
1: on. too. After that, man. Ah!
2: <laughs> and she just have a great personality. She's a great, you know. Like Charles would come here. And he said, "Where's your mother?" <laughs> like later for me, "Where's your mother?" Everybody loves my mom. So
1: that's amazing, God, man.
2: I thank God for her every day. Just thank God for her. She's such yeah. That's amazing. Just introducing me to to God and mm-hmm. and, and Christ. She just bore around my best friend.
1: Yeah, man. And even, even the 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 uh, stories, man, a lot of people don't know, like, how tough Black people had to be, you know, to grow up in those times, man. That's right. You know, people people are having a tough time with what's going on right now with, you know, the way, you know, people are at Trump rallies and... Right. Um, that that was know, for so, all the time, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, a lot of people don't know, like, just the way Black people were treated, man, like, going to the side of the the sidewalk because a white boy is passing by you know what i'm saying like that is that is people can't even think about that right now you man. better
2: not open your mouth you better not say nothing
1: wow wow she's definitely a hero man for sure yeah,
2: yeah that's my girl
1: <laughs> yeah man so can you leave us with your favorite quote and what it means to you
2: oh oh my favorite quote I would say it definitely is um, based around my my love for 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 the Lord and my love for God. Mm-hmm. So I would say my greatest ambition is in life is to give glory to God. That's mm-hmm. my greatest ambition. That's what I would say my cult. my my greatest ambition in life is to give God the glory. So everything I try to do in my life is centered around satisfying God. Mm-hmm. When He looks at me. Is he happy with what I'm doing? So mm-hmm. everything I go into, like especially as a, as an adult, mm-hmm. uh, recently, re- very much since the pandemic, because that, that gave me time to sit back and observe and study and study the scriptures and and see what it had. You know, God has everybody has a purpose, All right? And um, I think I know I've done my I know what my purpose is. I try to work work towards that purpose but I just think that my purpose is just to do what I've been doing
0: mm-hmm.
2: and to continue. Like you asked me to do something. Could you do this? For, I guess. I didn't hesitate because I think what you're doing is important. Um, I'm, I'm proud of you. You, you know, one of my, <laughs> one of my kids. Oh, so I'm man. so proud of you and, <laughs> and the fact that you saw something in yourself to reach out and to help others. Because I think we live in a very selfish world, I, very absolutely. selfish. People yeah. are so selfish and I just don't understand the selfishness, but it is what it is. And I can't live for somebody else, but all I could do is be an example. So that is my, that is my favorite quote. And you give, are. Go, give God the glory and everything I do recognize him in everything that I do and move forward.
1: That is amazing, man. And I, I am so thankful that, you know, you, you, you came through, you interviewed with us and, you know, it's late, way past your bedtime and you still, you know, ah,
2: it's you a still got the energy. It really is. <laughs> pleasure talking with you
1: likewise man i feel like i learned so much too man i got a history le- i got history lessons i got motivation <laughs> i got career development i got everything man it was that was that was great man thank you so much Vita, yeah but this. one
2: more thing you asked
1: me my sorority i'm delta
2: sigma theta sorority that's the sorority of it <laughs> yes 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 i of uh, the ladies of uh, delta sigma theta sorority incorporated <laughs>
1: yes oh man um so for the young people listening that's inspired that that want to ask you some questions or, you know, pick your brain a little bit. Is there, is there any way they can reach you?
2: Oh, sure. They can always email me. Um, my email address is V E T A W I L L S at gmail.com. There's V as in Virginia, E's in Eric, T's in Tom, a A's in Apple, W I L L S as in Sam at gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to answer anything or hook up with them and, in- Just Or you can call me on my Google voice number. It's 516-690-7701. You can contact, text me, or call me on that number. I'll be happy to talk to anybody if they need anything. I do my power to help out.
1: That is genuine, man. You know, when you give out that number, that is love. Because you don't know who gonna be like hitting <laughs> you up, but that's that's love, man. That's okay. That's um, we, okay. we we appreciate that, man. And and more, we need more Vitas in this world, man. That's that's amazing.
2: Thank God.
1: <laughs> thank you so much, man. Um
2: it's so good seeing you again. The, you know, the husband and dad and everything. It's yeah. awesome.
1: I'm proud of you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Guys, please use Vita as a resource, you know, hit her up pick her brain. She is a wealth of just knowledge and information motivation, everything. Um, So thank you everybody for listening today. Hopefully everybody learned something. Hopefully you're inspired like me right now. I'm super duper inspired. I'm like ready to go. And it's super late at night, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm ready to go, man. Um, So yeah, uh, this has been our time. Remember Your mind is the most powerful tool in the universe. Therefore, if you can think it, you can do it. If you believe in it, you can be it. And if you fight for it, you can have it. The world is yours. This has been your host, Mr. G, and I will see you next time on Mastermind.